You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. All right, we have made it back. Primal Radio has made its triumphant return here on HamiltonRadio.net. Uh, at least as it starts right now, we'll be doing it live on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think that's 5 p.m. in the U.K. And it will be rebroadcast on Saturday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But anyway, we finally made it back after uh, trying several attempts to do it. And we've worked out all the uh, issues that we had. And I have a new co-host uh, one of my good friends right from the UK, Tom McGrath. Tom, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, thanks, Jim. Uh, uh, proud to be invited to be on your magnificent <laughs> You are proud to be invited. Well, there yeah, was a long list of contenders. Of, uh, great other co-hosts that you I know. think so. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot. Of, there was a lot of resumes I had to sift through, and somehow <laughs> yours still made it through. I don't know how that happened, but. But anyway, um, so uh, just so, look, if anyone who's listened to us in the past, we were fortunate, and Hamilton Radio's got a great influence all over the world. I think we're heard in, what, about 171 different countries, uh, maybe more? More now. All over. So even more. However many countries there are, we're in. Except for North Korea. We're not in North Korea. We might be, right? My pirate radio. But uh, so anyway, so, and also, let me not, I uh, guess, and we're also joined by uh, um, a student of mine, a friend of mine, uh, the Alana, <laughs> Alana, she, she, she'll be joining us and adding her expertise on who knows what. She's far smarter than I. So when I start bringing it down, she's going to bring it, uh, bring it back. So That's the plan, but you know, we you know, love averages. Yeah, love averages. I bring the right. I graduated at the bottom of my class, and she graduated at the top. So, so, that. so that's it. But anyway, so Tom, we were talking the other day, and we were trying to figure out how we're going to approach it. So what's going to be different? Is it going to be the same? Because in the past, the show, essentially we had, you know, athletes and coaches and different level, different levels of celebrities, entertainers, uh, a who's who in the martial art will be interviewed. And a lot of times like we were just talking for the entire hour or whatever it was, whatever kind of interest is, interested us, you know, in the fight game primarily, whether it be MMA or boxing or whatever. Uh, and we were kind of talking about how the show should kind of flesh out all right, and and you had a sort of a different take on it because I just I like shooting from the hip. Extempore. That's yeah, what, I mean, whoa, hang on. Ext what? Extempore. extempore. You're better extempore. Do you know what that means, Tom? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, explain. Well, it, like it, to it, know. It, yeah, it means from or out of according to the time. That is to say, in real time, he's he's best at you know it, it, it pontificating. You I know, can pontificate. Uh, yeah, oh, he pontificates really nicely, and it's just—it's uh, <laughs> a beautiful thing to see. And in short, should stick to the oral form, definitely. They, Spontaneity, good thing. Now we're good, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I'm more like Hannibal from the A Team. Like I like a plan. And, I like uh, <laughs> Hannibal from I'm the like, A Team. I, I, I was kind of shocked when when uh, the, the lack of a brief for this. But, um, you were shocked. I'm, I'm and, ready to roll with it. Yeah, yeah well, I, as a newbie, I think I need a bit of structure. I, I think that you need to just embrace the Hannibal over the Alps of the elephants the first time, not the second when that didn't work. You know, that that kind of model might work a little bit better in this case. You know, storm the Romans. Do, do you th <laughs> <laughs> well, do, do you think you'll be okay, Tom? 
We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Did you have to have uh, you know a Guinness before the show? <laughs> no, I, I mean, <laughs> well, that was your advice, Jim. You said just imagine we're having a pint. And, That's right. Um, I picked. I pictured some of the times we've had a pint in the past and they always ended up being a bit wild. (laughs) That didn't work out so well. No, it did. It did. So the last time I saw you was in uh, Dundalk, Ireland. Have you ever been to Dundalk before? Uh, No. My family's Irish, but I've been over the other side. Uh, The West Coast is is, uh, my spot. That was a great little seminar. But anyway. so Great seminar. Right. So anyway, part of so we we'll kind of battle back and forth how it's going to go and how much preparation we do. I do do preparation. It might appear that I don't. Just like when I do seminars, I have it. You've seen the entire book of notes I I bring with me every time, and I I don't open it up. That's how the show's. I've seen that. I've seen that. <laughs> Look at all those. That's beautiful notes. Well put, because I am prepared in advance. That's because every spontaneous uh, it's Mark Twain. Every spontaneous. Uh, Oration is the product of uh, months of solid preparation, or in Jim's case, you know, a couple, couple minutes. Minutes. I you know your stuff. You know your stuff. You don't need pages and pages of notes. I don't. I don't. I don't. So, so anyway, so you had an idea how the sh- so how do you want the show to? Because this is what this show is about. It's how we're go- we're trying to figure it out. How we're going to structure it. So, tell me how you see it working out, Tom. Well, I mean. We're both martial artists, right? I mean, that's that's, that's got to be a key theme of this. Um, right. I was I just got off the phone to a good friend of mine, Doctor Watson, who's uh, he just knows everything about boxing. And I said to him, "Look, Doctor uh, Watson, join us." Yeah, Doctor Watson. His name's Andy Watts, but uh, everyone calls him Doctor Watson. Watson. Oh, I don't. Okay, he's talk for England. Um, yeah, he, he's a <laughs> he, he, He's got all sorts of great views on boxing, so I was thinking maybe he could bring something in, have like a, a five, ten minute slot each week. Sure. Running through his boxing views. He'll probably want to make that an hour, but um, uh-huh. that's the way he is. They, and yeah, then, sure. you know, I, I thought we could cover a few things. I mean, I, I didn't know we had 171 countries on the line, but... Um, oh, yeah, don't fuck know, it up. I could cover some of the interesting things that are happening over here across the pond, because I know you guys we don't, care. don't always travel much. <laughs> and quite honestly, we probably don't care. <laughs> we're you know the ugly americans you know so hey what do you want yeah so all right so so that he, was the royal we the royal we the royal we. so dr <laughs> watson's gonna yeah okay so we'll bring him on we'll talk about boxing is he up to date on modern boxing is he a boxing historian yeah he loves it he loves it he, he, he's just given me a run through of all, all the fights that are coming up uh we had a good old chat about um canelo triple g at the weekend yeah, yeah. Oh, what do you have to um, what did dr watson have to say about that well, I was kind of, we were kind of touching on on scoring, and I was like, it, f- it feels like recently there's been a lot of kind of scoring. Terrible. Oh, um, I, can, I live controversy <laughs> over recent fights. You know, his, yeah. his view is that that's always been the case. Um, and you know, going back to the kind of close close ties with kind of the mob, um, for example, and fixing uh, results. Yeah. Um, and kind of question whether that might have uh, come into play at the weekend as well. Um, we, we kind of talked about the scoring. So, so uh, Triple G, um, in his opinion, had won the fight. Um, sure. Uh, some some uh, commentators, he said he listened to to uh, boxing podcasts. Some of the um, commentators felt that it was a draw. Um, you know, the, the, the uh, one of the other judges uh, scored it as a draw, 114, 114. Uh, one of them had Triple G at 115, 113, which was right. about what Dr. Watson scored it as. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, and then the third judge came in at 118, 110, which I think is uh, uh, kind of pretty crazy, right? Yeah. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, I, we, we discussed that for quite a while um, and uh, looked at some of the other fights that's sort of coming up. Some some of them, are, I guess, are more, more of a British interest. Who's that? Um, uh, so, so, so we've got at the, the weekend. We've got uh, Luke Campbell, who's um, kind of uh, probably the best amateur boxer in in Britain. Um, he's fighting uh, Jorge Linares. Um, so we talked briefly about that one, and then um, Huey Fury, um, who I think is uh, the, the cousin of Tyson Fury. Who you, you guys Fury? Fury? Is that really his name? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can imagine the family. They're all travelers, and uh, Tyson Fury. Uh, to name to name their, their, their son Tyson Fury, you'd have to be a bit of a character. Is it, anyway, is it Huey Fury or Yuri? I believe it's Huey, like Huey, Huey, and like Huey and, Lewis and, uh, and the news. Fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's fighting a, a New Zealand box from New Zealand. Uh, wow. Joseph Parker, I think it is. Um, so that sounded quite exciting. And then uh, one one that's kind of interested me, which. Um, you've got this kind of celebrity culture creeping into boxing. So we, we've seen, we've seen the Conor McGregor um, yeah. Mayweather fight, which I think a lot of boxing purists have an issue with. Um, and uh, over here, we've got a soccer player called uh, Rio Ferdinand. Who, I've heard who's, that. Uh, hung, up, hung up his, his football boots and is exchanging them for boxing gloves. Uh, he's backed by one of the big betting companies over here. And, um, uh, they're going to be having a. They're going to be having a fight. It, it's a lot of people. If you see the video of him uh, hitting the pads, the technique's shocking. What do you mean, uh, sh- pathetic? Really, really bad. I mean, he's fast, he's strong, but um, who gives a shit? You know, it, it's difficult to see him doing anything that would would uh, excite a boxing purist. But you know, it, it brings fans into the sport. So I, I'm kind of interested to hear your view on that, Jim. Well, really. look, I, look throughout history, celebrities have different. Other athletes uh, have tried to box and were really, for the most part, unsuselful. Uh, and they just felt, look, just because you're good at one sport has no relevance upon uh, what you're going to do in another sport on any level. Michael Jordan played basketball, arguably the greatest basketball player in history, played baseball. He made it onto a yeah. farm team, which is sort of like, you know, you know, just uh, building him up to end. Look, he was on the farm team probably because. He was Michael Jordan, sold a lot of tickets. At the end of the day, it's about the money. It's not about your skills. So this, what's this guy's name? Ferdinand? Rio Ferdinand. Rio yeah. Ferdinand. Yeah, who I have no clue who he is. But I'm sure he's got, <laughs> and nor do I care, uh, but I'm sure he's got a fan base who will like to see him fight um, and will probably be less than stellar uh, in that. In other words, do you know who Herschel Walker is? Uh, no, I'm not. Herschel Walker was a running back in the NFL, who was a, f- a phenomenal running back, and and, and was is a tremendous athlete, and actually got into MMA and did quite well in MMA. But he was an extraordinary athlete. Uh, now he didn't fight at the top of the food chain in MMA, but he fought at whatever level it was, and did a pretty decent job. If he'd have stepped up a couple notches, he would have been killed. Uh, and of course, McGregor is a completely different animal, who is a mixed martial artist who was actually a pretty good striker. So that is a, obviously more likely to be able to make that connection do quite well uh, with it. But other athletes, basketball players, football players, whatever it might be, the chances are pretty slim. They might be good in their little boxing gym and their little dojo, the big fish in their little pond, but the chance of them doing anything, it's not. Look, it isn't going to happen. Far greater athletes, bigger, stronger guys have tried and failed. 
yeah. I have to look up on YouTube and see this guy's hands. You know, and it's not to take away from his athleticism and whatever the hell he does. But uh, it, 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 So what's the take? So the boxing fans must be going ape shit as a result of that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's it's soccer, which which we we refer to as football, as you know. Um, but uh, yeah, he he really hasn't got it when it comes to boxing. Yeah, I'm I watching mean, a I, promo of him now. It's very uh, edited. <laughs> Thank God for the editing room floor. Yeah, right. And what were your thoughts on Mayweather McGregor? Uh, well, look, it's already. Ha- I thought McGregor did a great job. I thought. Um, yeah, this guy's hitting the pads. This is look, this is pathetic. Uh, Alana, right here, Her who's hands been, up. Oh my god! I mean, if he, unless he's jer- jerking his, oh yeah, I'm messing with this. Uh, the, oh, he's doing a push up and touching his chest, isn't it nice? Oh my! Uh, but but Alana, who's been training me from here, hits much better than that on every single yeah. level. I got amateur. Yeah. All right, you. Uh, I'll defend the contender. Oh, whatever. Um. But anyways, going back to McGregor. McGregor did a great job. I thought all parties uh, saved face. Mayweather got the victory, a decisive victory. Then McGregor didn't embarrass himself. He held his own. Arguably, he won four of the ten rounds that they fought in. Uh, he did have a chance. I knew personally that if it went past, I'm sure other guys, so not that I'm such an expert, after the third round, there was zero chance of him winning that fight because Mayweather is much more efficient. He's much more accurate. He's a smoother tactician. McGregor's skills were only going to diminish as time goes on. Certainly that is what happened. He still had arguably a puncher's chance. But, you know, a boxing at that level very rarely is won by a one-punch knockout, which does happen in MMA, doesn't happen in boxing. Usually it's a, uh, an onslaught of punches. So not only could – even if he hit Mayweather, hurt him, he would have had to follow up successfully – and take him take him out, which I think would have been quite extraordinary for him to do. But I thought he did a fantastic job. Can he box again? Sure. Now, had he fought maybe a Canela, or he fought uh, Triple G, honestly, he might have gone that long because those guys are straightforward fighters or bangers. Mayweather's style was perfect for what McGregor to to, to survive that loss. I think. I don't know. That's what you know. Is that yeah, what I is agree. that what the doc says? <laughs> I think I think I think the doctor uh, was wasn't particularly a fan. I mean, he he, he was certainly supporting the the uh, Mayweather camp. Sure. I'm a big McGregor fan. I came over for the last fight in New York. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think he's he's got a lot of guys that that maybe were on the fence about MMA uh, to become MMA fans. Um, and I think that's been great for the sport because it, it it has. Outside of the states, perhaps it's, it's a little bit more niche. Over, over here, it hasn't got the following that boxing's got, and I think McGregor has really united a lot of people uh, in their love for MMA. And, and, and moving over to the boxing stuff, you know, it, to yeah. last ten rounds against uh, Mayweather, I thought was very respectable. Absolutely. The, the, the final three rounds, I was just like, bring on that bell, bring on that bell, because I could just see him getting knocked out. But um, I, th- I think your points very correct in that Mayweather just hasn't got that killer instinct to really go and you know punish him he could have finished him in the seventh round for sure yeah um and he kind of let him go on and 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 I would have liked to see him uh get knocked out and I think McGregor felt a little bit robbed when they when they called it because certainly if it was UFC you would have you would have fought until you couldn't go on any but in boxing the rule is is that if you are not protecting yourself intelligently he wasn't throwing back. His hands weren't necessarily up. I don't believe he was hurt. I believe he was tired, exhausted. The ref, made, the ref made the right decision. 
Well, you're having two yeah. different conversations here, both of which are important, right? We are. One of yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, my at, God. oh, at least. At least. No, I mean, one of them is obviously going to be about the um, the details of that fight, right? Yeah. But the other one's going to be about, regardless, as long as you made it, you know, into some kind of McGregor that is into some kind of respectable seventh round and so on kind of performance, it was going to be a victory for him and for his sport. Oh, yeah, sure. there, there was a respectability yeah. that was earned. And in fact, in many ways, Mayweather could only kind of, I mean, we'll take financials out of this, but Mayweather could in <laughs> many ways only kind of lose at that point. You know, there, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's, a great, there's a great narrative about the underdog always. And oh, no in doubt. this case, it, it maps on to boxing versus MMA. And as you said, it, it helps kind of introduce the sport to um, a more international audience. In effect, sure. So, sure, yeah. Which it, then brings you back to the question of sensationalizing it, and you know, kind of people who can't even keep up their hands attempting to go into the ring, and different kind of sensation. Totally different. <laughs> now, right now, speaking of boxing, well, it says we're somehow on, on, on this now. Somehow, somehow, but you know now, scrap my fighter won the WBF amateur world title. Now, how I that saw came, that. Yeah, it was a great fight. Uh, he. Um, it was in Atlantic City at the Claridge. Uh, there were like 20 some odd fights on the card. Great googly moogly. We were there all day from like 1 o'clock. There's a press conference. Uh, the weigh-ins are like total, total issues. There were issues with the weigh-ins as the argument as to what, what the weight was supposed to be. Uh, all that got fleshed out. We fought at about 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and Scrap, uh, just, and the kid was a good fighter. Not to take it away from the kid he fought, but Scrap was a, a whole nother level. It dominated the fight and brought home the title. Now we have to decide where we're going next. You know, with, I think we have another offer for another title in another organization, amateur organizations, which is a, an interesting way to travel. Um, but the, the connection with Tom is Tom got to spar with Scrap. With Tom, when were you here in May? I forget. That was May, yeah, yeah. It, we we did about twelve rounds, but after, oh, after like four, you did five better than McGregor did. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, we, we were having kind of like elongated breaks in between because I was gassed, and it was it yeah, was, yeah. It was hard. Yeah, to you keep usually up. don't get a five minute rest between a two minute round. <laughs> yeah, Jim, Jim said to me after we finished. Jim said to me, you know, against a fighter like that gotta go for the body because the head will appear at some point but if you go around hunting for the head you're never going to hit him right. and really that was the story of my 12 rounds of fun and i, I, I had a great experience <laughs> oh shit missed again right it's trying to like catch a fly right you're trying you know, with a chopstick you're right you know and you just kept missing and look it, it scraps a good kid and and it was fun to get the you know because the story right. to tell your grandkids uh, if God <laughs> well, I just, I just hope he ends up being really successful because you know, then I can say, oh yeah, I taught him everything. I did, knows. I did twelve <laughs> rounds with that guy, <laughs> yeah. and I had him on the ropes. Yeah, yeah. We, we had some yeah. good photos of that, and the, the, the video is a video on you. Oh, oh, there's a little bit on the, uh, the Primal Gym Facebook page. Little clip you'd have to hunt it down. I don't think I put it on YouTube or anything like that. Like ten seconds, and like which ten <laughs> yeah. seconds? Now t- trying to help my friend out here. What ten seconds do I put? On the air, so he, you know. But I thought you did really well because guys can talk mad shit out there and say what they're going to do. It is a whole. No- it is like you were flying it, but you're driving in a car through a neighborhood doing 25 miles an hour, right? And now you're on yeah. the. You now you're in the Indy 500. Well, there's a huge difference in that speed, his mobility, j- j- moving from range to range, right? I mean, you're yeah. like shit. I, I was trying I mean- to kill him. <laughs> 
You did one hit him a couple guys, times. One I of give the guys you that. from, from um, my martial arts school. They, they said, you know, that's what it's like trying to hit me to them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no shit. It, it makes you recognize that there's a whole, you know, a whole another level, another stratosphere above above As, where you are. And right. I just felt big and slow. And you know, this kid's seventeen. He's got really broad now, shoulders, right? a yeah. tiny waist, and he's. Um, uh, the range on him is really impressive because right. he just moves so fast. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But that, it was it was a good experience. But anyway, so yeah, that's that, that was with the Tom Tom McGrath story with um, with our boy Scrap, who uh, like I said, will probably be you know fighting for another title shortly, the next couple months somewhere in the U.S. Here and then, who knows where? Hopefully, then we even take him. You know, God willing, we get him to the Olympics. So, whatever it might be. So What's Jim, I, I saw I saw a great documentary the other week. You did. Um, and it, it was it was telling the story of amateur boxing in the US to a certain extent. Really? And um, ah. Olympic Games that were hold, held in London in 2012, uh, the US, disappointingly, yeah. for, for the first time ever, didn't get any medals. Right. Um, and what they were putting that down to, to a certain extent, was that um, the amateur game in the US, they, they've taken away the, the helmets, Um which means your these these amateur fighters that are fighting every week are far more likely to get brain damage, head injuries, etc. Um, and therefore, these kids are asking themselves, "Well, I might as well turn pro because then I'm going to get the money. If I'm going to get the brain damage, I might as well turn pro and get the money." So, um, I know one of the goals for Scrap is for him to uh, uh, go to the Olympics at 2020. Yeah. Um, how, how are you going to manage uh, his career? Um, you know, <laughs> given those pressures to sort well, of you know turn pro right. or, or go and to the and that's happening. So bring it back a second. So you said the documentary said the amateur fighters in the US don't wear headgear. Is that what they were saying? You sure you got that they, right? They've, they were saying they've taken that away. Now, uh, in, here, in the, the doc, if that if you got it, the documentary is wrong. The only fighters that don't wear headgear are what's called elite fighters. And that's what scrap would be. Anything, and then yeah. you would still wear a headgear in the club fights, which would be like a primal gym or any other gym in the U.S. or at the local tournaments. They still wear the headgear. It's only when they're competing on the national and international levels is where they would not wear that headgear. And that's right. it. Now I believe now, if I'm not mistaken, at, in the in the Olympics now, that the elite level there is no headgear. So that's why they do that. Everyone else wears headgear. My youngest fighter in the gym, little Rodney, he wears headgear. He's nine years old. Everyone else, when he sparred, they wear headgear. So that, so that takes. Unless you misquoted that, that would be wrong. Um, but and it's a necessary. There's an argument that it actually compounds the concussion, which I do not believe, and it gives you a bigger target to hit, which it does. But your the alternative is getting punched in the face, you know. So, yeah. but. I don't know. You also usually when you spar, by the way, not in competition, you're wearing bigger gloves, 16-ounce gloves. When you fight, you're fighting 10-ounce gloves or 8-ounce gloves, whatever that might be. But um, anyway, so I have to see that documentary to kind of check that out. But uh, it's now, right, there are, by the, going back to, yeah, there are pressures. There are people who have approached him and asked him, you know, why don't you sign here on the dotted line? You know, here's a couple bucks. Here's a car, whatever it might be. Huge. And we've had those discussions. And the, you know, good Lord, what do you do? You, you you come from not, you know, from an average family with moderate means and all of a sudden there's some, you know, a pile of gold on the table. Well, you know, 
you can't, you got to resist that temptation, in my opinion. You, you don't take the first guy, that first offer, because it will absolutely be less than what you're worth um, on, on every skate. And there's also a lot of uh, bottom feeders, uh, you know, just waiting and waiting to pounce. And you could already see it, uh, the the hanger-oners, the, the wannabes, you know, I don't want to say what the situation was in case they listened, but there were a bunch of people who recently visited the, the gym who were pseudo stars at whatever, far down uh, the ring of show business, maybe on the bottom rung, you know, kind of where we're at, Tom. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, and you could just see, and I had that discussion. Yeah. They prey on the worst, uh, they the do. worst aspects of ambition. Right. And, and, you know, try to kind of That's distort exact, dreams. Yeah. Right, right. And then it can can you resist that? Because it's easier to take that pay at eight t- today. At versus, 18. At 18 versus <laughs> two years from now. Can you survive that long? Can you yeah. still make that? At, you know, the ch- at his talent, the chance of still making any real money and making a living that so far off the charts. It's not that easy. You know, it's you know, for example, one of the big, I don't know if it's big in the UK, but one of the things that happens in the US is which is kind of big is sports speed and agility training for the youth. You know, the baseball player, the football player, the soccer player, uh the basketball players, all these camps, all these schools, parents will spend ridiculous money. That's why by the way in the US in martial arts, the really really financially successful schools are the schools that just train the kids. Right, because mom and dad will pay all that money to get little Johnny or Susie to wherever they want to go, and it, there's no end. They'll, they'll cut back on themselves. So, and but everybody has a hopes that their child is the one, the 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 anointed one, right? <laughs> that they'll make it to that level of whatever because they're so talented. And the reality is, hey, your kid's not that fucking talented. <laughs> but I'll take your money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have that? Do you have that in the UK? No, it's it's not as big. Um, yeah. Uh, that that sort of uh, plyometric training, I think I think you guys are, are more more advanced on that. Um, yeah. I saw another great documentary called uh, Trophy Kids, which was very much about uh, uh, parents pushing their kids through. Oh yeah, um, to elite levels of, of whatever sport. But you know, these parents they weren't going to accept no for an answer. And you could see some of the kids, you know, they weren't physically built for it or something right. like that. But. Nah. Um, it was it's it's funny to watch these eight year old girls sort of like going mental because uh, they can't putt a, a ball in golf and the dads putting so much pressure on them. It's no wonder they can't do it. Right, in a, in right. A sport like was that, that. particularly that chi- was it a Korean girl or a Chinese girl in that? Yeah, case? yeah, yeah. No, it was because I saw the document. I'm not trying to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very competitive at, at every at every level, and you, and you and you do see that. And of course, you know. The mom or the dad is that could have been or yeah, it's difficult to kind of you know realize the dreams of a husband that happens to be your parent, you know. <laughs> Not a lot of fun. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, and they're gonna live there, James Surya. Right, there was one, my son when he was playing baseball, and uh, one of the other kids' fathers. He yeah, he was one of those guys who was yelling at the field and yelling, "Run faster, run faster!" And this guy was like four hundred pounds, and I, 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 I God, I, I had to bite my tongue because I wanted to say, "Listen, man." It looks like the running you do is to the buffet table because you're telling your kid to run faster. That's just, you know, he ain't doing it. You know, you got to live by example. He was huge, huge, Uh, you know, smoking his cigarette. Run faster, you little. Pump some liquor into him. Right. Oh, man. Because it does get super competitive. And it was maybe around age 12, you know, when they turned 12 to 13 or something. That formative moment. That formative moment. Yeah. Then now their kids. Right. And by the way, the competition goes up, at least here in the U.S., far greater. Around that 12, 13, it stops from being, you know, developing as this potential athlete to all of a sudden becoming um, 
something else, and it becomes far more serious. You have to try out for the teams. There's travel teams. You pay ridiculous amounts of money. For travel baseball in the U.S. or travel hockey, it's around $500 a month to do that. Yeah, That's a lot of money. Now, if parents have two or three kids in that sport, you know, you know, like boxing is a poor man's sport. Martial arts, what I charge compared to what these sports are, it's nothing. And, and people fight with me about what it costs, but I am not even in the league, you know, to, to have that. But yeah. none, none of that exists over there for you, no? Well, the, the, the high school and college setup is is uh, nothing in comparison. The kind yeah. of money that floods into your college sports, um, you know, those guys will get given cars. It's televised. Um, I, I, I visited Austin, Texas, and the, and the, um, the stadium there was about 110,000 wow. fans or 120,000. What, were you, do- what were you doing in Austin, Texas? Oh, yeah. Usual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Usual. Shooting guns yeah. and drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we had we had a lot of fun down there. Um, we had that, that, that's a great city. Actually, we, we'd say to everyone, oh, we're going to Texas uh, next. And then they go, oh, why are you going there? And um, uh, then we'd say, oh, we're going yeah. to Austin. They go, oh, Austin's great. Yeah, so, Austin um, is great. Yeah. I, I'd definitely recommend Austin as, well, as now, a place you, to Last time you were out here, too, we're all over, you were in Arizona because you went and visited uh, our friend John Potenza. That's right. I, I, I left you. I, I started in New York. Um, yeah. and then I, I came up, trained with you, uh, had, had a lot of fun sort of uh, uh, visiting the various gyms and all that stuff, seeing yeah. how hard you were. But how could you not? Um, <laughs> then, right. How could you not? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> from, from Philly, I went over to L.A., uh, saw, saw some martial arts buddies that, that I met along yeah. with Jim. Uh, Alana's from L.A. Well, yeah. Yeah. South Beach, yeah. right? Yeah, Long Beach. I'm Long trying Beach, to sorry. think what bit we were in 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 LA California, County. but um, yeah. I'm no good with that. Mo- mostly in Redlands, you know, oh, the usual yeah, areas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Then, then we went over to Phoenix and um, John oh. Potenza, who's a, a catch wrestling coach, yeah. who was uh, introduced to my buddy from Belgium, Dika, by Jim. Um, he hosted us, and we we did some kickboxing and some catch wrestling training up there and his kind of thing is he wants to make an outdoor retreat business where people will come up from uh, nearby cities and do bachelor parties and that kind of thing so he's got like a few quad bikes um, yeah. this other crazy jeep that's like great for off-roading uh, quite a lot of firearms um, so we just did a lot of boy stuff up there and it, it was great and you shot guns yeah, of course. Yeah. Why would you yeah, leave you that out of the story? <laughs> a lot of big guns. <laughs> was that the first time you shot some of those guns? No, I've, I've done. I've done quite. I've done quite a lot of shooting, but it's, it's generally been the kind of shooting where someone hands you a, a a rifle in possibly a third world country, and and the the gun's not really your responsibility. You know, they've they've given you a loaded gun. They say point it down there, pull the trigger, and then you give it back to them to reload it. So so. Um, I've I've recently got into like a bit more training where we've been going off to the Czech Republic, which has some of the more liberal uh, gun in, laws in in in, in, the, in Europe. Europe. Yeah, and we've been allowed to sort of run our own drills to a certain extent, where uh, you know, changing mags, shooting on the move, all that kind of thing. And it, it's um, I'm, I'm finding that a sort of fascinating supplement to sure. my martial arts training. Yeah. I basically want to be John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. For the uninitiated, <laughs> what is what qualifies as a big gun? 
a big gun. I think that was Jim's word. I mean, what? <laughs> well, I didn't say it was um, yours. I'm just asking. Both yeah, my arms were the big guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe I shouldn't go down this road at all. That's right. It's, it's really, I don't know. We, we, I mean, in the Czech Republic, we were using Glocks as handguns. And um, yeah. I think the gun's called an SV-58, which is, is like an AK-47, or you could use an AK-47. But um, when we were with John, I mean, he, he had a really cool AK-47 yeah, with all yeah. sorts of kit, kit on it. Um, some shotguns, a big bore rifle, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's fine. I enjoy all that stuff. You know, oh, yeah. it's a bit, it's a bit geeky, now, maybe. Well, yeah, but in the um, UK, no one can own a gun, right? Is that the deal? Uh, almost. So, so if you, you if you're like a farmer, you can have a certain type of gun. You oh, can have shoot, shotgun, shoot a um, rabbit or a fox, or something. And, and then there's certain rules around sport fighting but they're they're low caliber um we, we we had like a one of these things in i think the early 90s where where some guy shot up a school of young kids and that that um meant they banned handguns which mm. uh uh yeah they you're, you're very limited let's put it that way so basically the the kinds of things that happen every couple of months in the united yeah, states for the last I don't know, since the twenties, um, that happened once, and you guys took action. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah, don't, uh, listen, don't listen to her. Oh, that, she's, that, she's, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's crazy. Um, uh, no, I'll tell you. What's, no, anyway, Brexit. I'm oh, sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> so, what about knives? Can you carry knives over there, Tom? I know the answer. I'm that, can you carry? Can you carry knives over there? Um. Again, it's a bit of a grey area. So, so if it if it's less than three inches long and um, doesn't uh, lock, then yeah, because you could argue that's a tool. You could carry a knife with a reason for doing so. So, if you're a carpenter and you you cut carpet, you might carry a Stanley knife, for example. Um, you can't. You definitely cannot carry one as for self defence purposes. No spears. You can't carry uh, one for something. Why not? You know what? There's probably some old English law that does allow you to carry a spear. That's, <laughs> that's the kind of funny stuff we do have over here. It's like, you know why we drive on the other side, for example, over here? It's, it's because uh, it was so that we could draw our swords. I see. I see. Isn't the Savoy yeah. the one place where uh, where the where the uh, sides of the road change for the ladies to get out of their carriages or something like that? I don't uh, know. There's, there's, quite, there's quite a few. Uh, mm-hmm. Australia, Japan, mm-hmm. South Africa, mm-hmm. a few, few other countries in Europe, India. Um, it, it's, it's probably, I, I would say, about a third of the world, may, maybe only a quarter drive on our side. But it's, it's not as rare as you think. Yeah, well, you guys will some... get out more. Yeah, but you have London cabs, so that's what makes it work. Sorry, but, you know, they speak English and they know where to go. It's great. They anyway, do. But they I do. digress. Well, why did they... Why did they... Why not? Why not knives? <laughs> why can't you carry a knife? Yeah, let's get back to this. this yeah, is really, I want to know. No, it's um, I think they see it. They who's the, they? The, they who are these the people? The powers they? that be, the police, and all that kind of thing. That, that, that they will be the ones to protect you, and uh, protecting yourself is it, it's a grey area. You know, you you you've you are allowed to use um, what they call reasonable force. Uh, that becomes quite difficult to, to define in practice. And who de- who determines but, reasonable force? Yeah, um, a jury. 
And how judged by twelve or carried by nine, you know that that nine, one. Okay. You guys always say might to be, me. Yeah, might be nine in the U.S. now because we're getting fatter. But yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I I knew all that. So I mean, it's just it's it's foreign to me. I think we should be able to carry as many guns and knives as possible. You never know when shit's gonna hit the fan. <laughs> if you want to be John I, Wick, you got to do that stuff. I believe I should be able to carry as many guns and knives as possible, so. but um, the rest not no. most people in the UK. I just wouldn't trust them with them. <laughs> well, that's why you need to carry them in the first place, right? There's an interesting story, actually. Um, your friend Hot Hockheim was, was saying when we were over in Ireland, he was yeah. saying uh, there was this shooting in Tunisia. Um, and, whoa, whoa, what was that? Uh, Tunis, uh, Tunisia. Uh, this was what like happened? a couple no, of years I just want to hear him say no, no, it again. Just... You know, the, the, oh, the guy sorry. on the... What the, country the, the did guy... you say that was? Uh, Tunisia. <laughs> it's it's the north of Africa. I know what it is, it is. but that's, is that how you pronounce He's it? He's just or... enchanted by, by your pronunciation. That's all. Yeah, that's all. I'm I'm fucking with you. That's all. Is that how you? Is that how we say? Like for example, aluminum, aluminium, aluminium. aluminium. Right. You don't go on vacation. You go on holiday. That's correct. Well, that's just a different word, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, that's I not think pronunciation. You're, but you're missing something here. What about the difference between quite the British quite? Okay. If I, I say that was that was I that think... was quite interesting. I mean, it was very interesting. If you say that was quite interesting, what do you mean? That normally means it's not very interesting. Exactly. It's a really? thing <laughs> quite. I'm trying, yeah. I'm telling well, Tom, you. you're quite interesting. <laughs> 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 See, this is good. No. I'm glad we can, we can yeah, communicate. Was... Bring the uh, world together. Do you want together. to hear the story or not? What story is that? Dying to. <laughs> that, yeah, that's tell quite the story. Interesting, quite interesting. Please, tell me the story. In the American quite. In Tunisia... And there's this terrorist on the beach, and he's he's shooting up the tourists and all that kind of thing. Now, the guards, they were chicken shit, and they dropped their guns on the floor. And, and apparently one of the tourists um, had an AK-47 sat in front of them. And, and this gun, bearing in mind, was a gun that was um, made available to the, the farmers of, of Eastern Europe, such that they they could defend their land if if anyone from the west came and invaded. They're, they're really simple to operate. Now this tourist didn't know what to do with that gun, and had they have had even some basic, real basic training, they would have been able to pick that up and shoot back at right. this, this uh, terrorist. And that that probably would have dramatically cut the um you know the death toll. I, I, I think about twenty thirty people died then, but don't quote me on that. But um. So I, I think I think it's a life skill that people should have a, a tiny bit of, of, of training with with with, um, with firearms or, or knives and knife defense, really. Sure. No, absolutely. Well, so here we go. <clears throat> We're getting down to the end of it here. We're not done yet. But see, so, Tom, how do you think the show went so far? Um, are you rustling are, papers? Yeah, are you consulting your notes? I, I am, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because everyone in the planet knows it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I haven't got much written down here, but but yeah, I've got it in my hands. Is it really noisy? Sorry. No, no, I'm just no, no. look. Hey, go ahead. We don't want to disturb you. I uh, <laughs> uh, take your time. So, so, so here we go. We had a sort of a first show, just a trial run to see what's going on. We had no real topics. So, how did it go, Tom? I think it's gone okay. It could have been better. It could have been better. Yeah, you, you're 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 the man in the know. I know. I know I'll, nothing. I'll, I, I'll I, let you be the judge. No, no. I want your humble opinion he's being socratic well we've managed to talk the whole time right which i think that's something to well, be said for that it, it is but does anyone care what we're talking about 
No, definitely not. <laughs> well, then we got to try harder. But that's what a chat show is. That's right. right. It's chat. It's chat. So I thought it went quite well, actually. You know, I, and we just and we just brush on. You, you didn't have to strictly follow your notes. Okay, so I'm going to put you in charge of next week. So what are we doing, Tom? Um, you want to you get need the... to give me some ideas. I mean, I haven't told you my big items of news from from the British media. Oh, tell so, it. What we they... got? Can you rattle it off real quick? Let's do the news. Come on, go. Uh, well, they're, they're quite quite good stories. So. so um, they're, they're, obviously, I've not gone from the stuff at the front of the newspaper. I've gone from the stuff in kind of like buried in the middle, right? So you guys might find this interesting. So, we might. Um, uh, they, they, they're producing a play about a story, um, quite well-known story from, from the north of England, a town called Hartlepool. So in, in Hartlepool, um, many years ago, uh, the locals hung a monkey um, who, who was mistaken for being a French spy? Um, a monkey was. So the, the, yeah. So, so the, 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 effectively, the town people have become known as the monkey hangers, and it, it's it used to be a term of mockery, but they, it's, they've now become quite proud of it. Um, there's there's a bit of a debate around whether it's true or not. I think I think the summary at the end it, it, uh, kind of sums it up well. Sometimes we have to say we do not know, and we probably never will know. But um, effectively, what happened was, uh, you know, during the Napoleonic Wars, um, which was sort of like at the 1800s, 1815, um, uh, a ship was um, sank off the coast of Hartlepool um, and none, no one survived. And washed aboard, uh, washed up on the shore was uh, a monkey amongst a load of um, artefacts from that boat. Um, the locals didn't know what the monkey was saying. They'd never met a Frenchman before. So <laughs> they naturally took that to be that it could be uh, a French spy. It could be. It could um, be. They're clever. Yeah. It was, it was the ship's mascot, a monkey had never <laughs> been seen before. Um, so they convicted the French, uh, monkey. That the monkey of being a French spy uh, and hanged it on the beach. No kidding. Uh, who, do you, who do you have an attorney to defend them? That was one little story. Well, and then, and what then paper is to... this in? How about Guy Fox Day? Are you guys going to have a special show for Guy Fox Day? What's Guy Fox Day? Oh, oh I'll let, I'll let. He, he was a guy that tried to blow up the, uh, the, the UK Parliament. I remember, in, remember. Um, early November in the 1600s. He, he was basically a terrorist. Um, but we now do all of our fireworks, which you guys probably do for like the 4th of July or some silly thing like that. Yeah. Um, we do that in, in the beginning of November. But you burn in, in effigy as well. That's, that's really okay, fun, so, right? Yes. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. We do. Yeah. I have to take control of this. You do. Is what we're going to do. So we'll talk during the week and then we'll figure out what you're going to, if you what you want to get Doc on for next week. Doc Watson, yeah, I Doc think that'd Watson. be good. Yeah, or I could even record that, do a ten-minute section on boxing, but ideally get him on. Yeah, what? You know, if he can be on live, that's what we want. He, he's moving to Japan on on Saturday night, so it'll be like a crazy time difference. But the good thing is, we'd be fully international. We would like we're, be. We're, we're doing all the major time zones. We we are. So yeah. So 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 Doc can't do next Wednesday because he's going to Japan. No, nah, he'll be able to do it. He'll be able to do well, it. He'll still be in the UK on Wednesday. No, nah, he'll be in Japan. He will. 
Okay. You can just dial in like I did, right? Well, that apparently wasn't that easy. So you need to work. True. The, yeah, right. So we'll work it out. You worked it out. We'll have a bunch of things. We'll go over. So <clears throat> let me just flesh this out for um, anyone who may listen to this on Saturday night. We'll be uh, broadcasting live on Wednesday. Are we going to broadcast live or are we just going to – I think we're just, or we're just going to record. You want to record live on Wednesday and then – and then put it on replay on Saturday night, or do you want to just record it on Wednesdays and not go live on Wednesday at noon? <clears throat> Lot to think about, Tom. Well, oh, that was a question to me. I thought. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, ha, ha, McFly. <laughs> Hello, McFly. But I was thinking it's it's difficult, right? Because, say, for example, I've got a date on Friday night. And and I could talk about that now Is as in unusual? that's coming up on Friday night. <laughs> right. But if, you could also fuck if, up if, the date. If, if I'm writing it about or if we did it on Saturday, then I'll be able to say this is what happened. We're not doing this. The show's not gonna be on Saturday night. It's gonna be rebroadcasted Saturday night. Yeah, I understand. P- but I like, do, do I then you know, do, how do we talk about time differences and that kind of thing? So has my date happened? It's a bit like Back to the Future. Yes. Listen, I don't know what you're smoking, but I want some. <laughs> you need to be drinking on this show. There you go. Well, it's been recorded before the future that you're worried about. Right. to say the broadcast date will have happened. Uh, so, well, okay. So, so right? on Saturday, on Friday, I've got a date, right? Right. And it, it's a girl that I've, I've been talking to on Tinder. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, All right. Yeah, I, yeah, look, yeah. we'll talk about that next week. So you have a date on Sa- Friday. On Friday, this and the Friday. last photo on 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 her Tinder thing is her with Ron Jeremy, you know, like the, the porn star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I asked her, like, you know, how, how have you got, you know, how, how you know, how do you know Ron Jeremy? She oh, goes, oh, I hung out with him in LA. In what, so, oh, LA in what capacity? Oh, man. Yeah. So so anyway, so so basically, I'll be able to give you an update on that next week. What I mean, people will just that understand went. that we're recording it. Actually, we don't have to go live on Wednesday. We can just record it like this. Mm-hmm. And say this is coming up on Friday, which is what, and then we'll obviously follow it up the next day. But right. obviously, new, the news and everything will change between like shit. A lot of shit can happen between now and Saturday night. Yeah, in the world, that'd be odd that we're not addressing it. But that's okay. We, I don't want to do it live on Saturday. We'll figure that. We'll we'll just record it Wednesday and broadcast it Saturday night. And then that they'll be sense. able to go. Then they'll be able to go in and pull it out in the archives the following day. Does that sure. work for you? Works for me. I'm easy. All right. We haven't discussed my fee yet as well. Well, hey, we got to go. We're losing the signal. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Tom. I can't hear Tom. Can you hear Tom? No, no, not at all. No, He's no. gone. Huh? I thought he said gratis. I think uh, it's what he said. I it. Yeah, that, that, all right. that's all I heard. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you look. At, <laughs> in the next seminar, I'll give you a reach around for no cost. <laughs> great, great, great. Cool. All right. Now, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. All right, man. We're out. I'll see you, Tom. Take care. Cheers, bro. A new advanced gym just opened right here in Hamilton, New Jersey. Primal Gym, New Jersey. They feature martial arts, combat sports, youth programs, strength and fitness, and private intense training. Primal Gym. Learn how to protect yourself in self-defense. Primal Gym is located at 2103 Whitehorse Mercerville Road, Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619. 
Again, that's 2103 Whitehorse Mercerville Road, Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619. Call them at 609-736-2307. Again, that's Primal Gym, New Jersey, P-R-I-M-A-L-G-Y-M-N-J.com. Training everyday people to be champions. You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review. A new advanced gym just opened right here in Hamilton, New Jersey. Primal Gym, New Jersey. They feature martial arts, combat sports, youth programs, strength and fitness, and private intense training. Primal Gym. Learn how to protect yourself in self-defense. Primal Gym is located at 2103 Whitehorse Mercerville Road, Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619. Again, that's 2103 Whitehorse Mercerville Road, Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619. Call them at 609-736-2307. Again, that's Primal Gym, New Jersey. P-R-I-M-A-L-G-Y-M-N-J.com. Training everyday people to be champions.